This is Jack Spearco in another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough or even if they don't, today is Wednesday, August the 3rd, 2022. This is episode 3137 of the Survival Podcast, and it's the day after my birthday. And it, birthdays aren't big deals to me, but I got a ton of birthday wishes from you guys, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that did it. I appreciate it. It's not, I don't make a big deal out of being expelled from a birth canal, but I do appreciate that y'all care. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about prepping with special needs children and adults. Uh, this is a subject we've never really dug deeply into before. And I have a, a gentleman I'm going to bring on named Robert, and he is a 56-year-old prepper who's also the father of a son who's now a special needs 21-year adult. And he's a nonverbal autistic. It's, you know, one of the situations where basically every day you, a big part of your life is seeing to the needs of another person. And it's something, again, we've never really, we've never really dug into before. And I think it's a, a good subject to breach. And I think that if you're like, I don't know, I don't have this problem. I'm, you know, I've got my kids and I'm not going to have any more and I'm not going to have to deal with this. We get into some situations here that I think would help anybody think better about their prepping, including why it's important to have a plan so that you don't end up sleeping in a FEMA camp or in a gymnasium on a cot next to 20 other people and having a way to handle things for yourself or if that's going to happen to have uh, some say in how that is run. So this was a good discussion. Before we get into it, let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day, number one today, is Start9.com. Uh, we live in a world today where your data is not your own. Every, you know, we, we, the thing about, you know, I use the cloud. There's no cloud. There's no such thing as a cloud. Every piece of data that you don't particular, completely control, that you can't put your hand on the box that stores it, is just somebody else's computer. That's all the cloud is. Google is not the cloud. Google is Google's computer. Amazon Web Services is Amazon's computer. Facebook it has your data, your pictures, all the stuff that you value. That's Facebook's computer. That's how that works. And they sell your data, and they control your destiny with the things that, that you, like your pictures and stuff that you hold dear. Uh, your messaging, when you do messaging over uh, a messaging app on your phone, The, the, the Apple that controls that and whether you can and what happens to that data. And they can say they preserve your privacy. Okay, if you believe that, that's fine. If you want to reclaim your digital sovereignty, if you want to do things like run your own Bitcoin node, you want to store your own computer uh, or your own pictures and be able to access them from anywhere, just not just have them on your computer, but be able to access them from anywhere. If you want to be able to run truly private messaging for your family or your community or your group, you want to do anything like that, then you want digital sovereignty. And you either have it or you don't. And Start9 is a great way to get it. And they have it. They have made it easy. Things that used to be very difficult to do for yourself, you can now do for yourself quite easily. They continue to run out other products, and they are one of the best supporters of my members program that we have. Their discount literally will pay for your membership for three years right now, actually four with the sale price. So definitely if you're going to get a Start9.com server, Become a member first, but look into what Start9 does. And I will be bringing Jesse Markowitz 
back on the show to talk about Start 9, again, particularly from a user standpoint, rather than I've had Matt on a couple times with Start 9 to talk about it from a standpoint of the company itself. I find that people that use a product as a consumer generally have a different way of looking at and explaining things and value. So I'll be bringing him back on about a month from now to talk about that. Uh, next up is the Wealth Studying Podcast. We're going to actually talk a little bit about finances today. Uh, if you, you know, think about being a special needs parent and knowing that when you die, if you have, you're an only child that's special needs, there's no one there for them. So thinking about trusts and stuff like that. You know who knows about things like that? John Pugliano from the Expert Council and the Wealth Steading Podcast. He's an incredible investment manager as well. You really want to know more about managing your wealth, you want to get over to wealthsteading.com and subscribe. And remember, John Pugliano was a reluctant convert to value for value. You should listen to him on Fountain and stream him some sats and send him some boosts and keep poking that old man and telling him you need to swallow the orange pill, John. You do. Send him some value on Fountain. And, uh, again, if you get onto the Fountain app, you can listen to all your favorite podcasts. You'll find me there. You'll also find John Pugliano. Speaking of that, let's read some boostograms from yesterday's episode with Guy Swan, Brian Harrington, and myself. Um, I, that went out on two different feeds. So I'm reading the one from the TSP feed, and I'm just going to read a few of them. Uh, Awkward sent 50,000 sats. Thanks, bro. He said, this podcast convinced me to download Fountain and Wallet of Satoshi, funded Wallet of Satoshi from my ledger, sent it to my Fountain, and here we are. The tech is so incredible. We all need to promote the use of it to get people out of the current joke of a monetary system. Excited to see you at SRF 22 in October. Have a crew from Missouri coming out. That's something I ain't announced yet, isn't it? I will be at the Self-Reliance Festival in October in Camden, Tennessee, with John Willis and Nicole Sauce. Uh, BG Glass 2, 2,112 sats. Boost! Excited for this conversation. Lyceum says 1,776 sats. I like that number. Happy birthday, Liberty Boost. Best premises, Martin Linsock co-hosts the Secular Foxhole Podcast. So guys, check out the Secular Foxhole. Uh, awesome content from Adam Can Fly, 1,000 sats. Jordan Richner, 1,000 sats. You're on like 13 or 14 day streak of truly epic podcasts. Keep them coming. On that note, I did a podcast today with Texas Slim. It's on his show, Texas Slim Vision. You'll want to check that one out. Um, if I do say myself, I was on fire, and I think it's because when you get the right person interviewing you, you get things, you, get, you say things that you wouldn't say on your own. So he did a great job of interviewing me. Uh, Smart Growth sent a thousand sats and says, I'm leaving the, the Air Force next spring. I want to find an internship doing Bitcoin dev. Who can help me find the opportunity? I think the opportunities are everywhere. I think the opportunities are everywhere, Smart Growth. There are companies out there doing amazing things in Bitcoin. And some of them you can just start working. And they reward people based on what they do. I've got a company coming on called Galoy Money. And they're developing a Bitcoin stable coin that is not touches, doesn't touch fiat. And they have, they have stuff on their GitHub right now. You want to start working with, you just start doing it. That's the way to, it's a meritocracy. So that's what I would do. DeBrock of Dan, I know Dan. Dan says, obviously happy birthday, bros. If the sun never sets on, the wind never stops blowing in. The methane never stops burning for the Bitcoin network. 
The sun never sets on the British Empire, used to be said. Now that can be said of the Bitcoin network. 750 sacks from Ledvo Vakon. I guess that's how you say his name. Wow, there's so much to unpack in this episode. I love listening to these types of discussions because it helps get the mind turning on some potential development projects that I want to start looking into. Thanks for the high-quality content. Thank you for the 750 sats. Uh, Jed sends 500 sats and a happy birthday, you filthy animal. Raccoon Man says 500 sats, awesome episode. Hemorrhage Design, 500 sats. RJ Harden says thanks for the great content, 500 sats. Matt Phillips Magic says 500 sats, keep up the good Bitcoin content. User 7157, 500 sats. Three my favorite Bitcoiners. What more could I ask for? Mind blown from this episode. Evan Young, 500 sats. Ace, 500 sats. I gotta stop reading them or we'll make a whole show of Boostagram. So with that, let's drop on into the live feed. And we are live. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Survival Podcast. My guest today is Robert Ralston. And we're going to be talking about prepping uh, as a parent of a special needs child who's not actually a special needs adult, and I think that's a big hole. We've never really talked about that, and I was going through some t statistics today, and this affects a lot of people, and it, it's something we need to think of, and it's it, in your case, you have a, a specific type of disability, um, but it's like one in four Americans have some form of some disability, so it's something I don't think we spend enough time on. Before Robert and I dig into this, I just want to remind you guys, as always, when I'm live on these videos Just because you see somebody in the comments below with my logo does not mean it's me. I do not give back channel communications and comments. There's a lot of scammers out there. Please do not fall for it. And that includes Instagram, everywhere else that the stuff ends up. Never, I don't have backup accounts, none of that stuff. Anyway, with that, Robert, welcome to the show. Welcome. Yes, thank you for having me. So let's start off before we dig into the, the specific topic. A little bit about you, kind of what's your background professionally, you know, things like that. Like, who is Robert? Yeah, well, I'm a 56-year-old man who's worked for the family plumbing business for 38 years, and I survived that by not killing my brothers but looking at the big picture. What's best for my child? What's best for me? I've always tried to keep, look at the big picture, uh, build my resume. What can I learn? How could I use the family business? So then... 21 years ago, we had our child, and at age 18, he, he uh, went downhill, and, and autism came on. About the same time it normally comes on, but it was uh, a month after he got his measles mumps rubella shot. Mm. And he got five shots one month and three shots the next month, and he went downhill from here. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I say everybody needs back. All kids need vaccinated, but divide them up. So, so then I'm stuck at the family business to take care of my child. And so I got into prepping about five years ago with the EMP North Korea threat. And I thought, well, what can my child, how's my child going to handle this? We're not going to be able to, if we had an East Coast power grid, because I don't think they're going to knock out the whole grid. You'll still have Texas and the West Coast. So to be able to take care of my child, uh, have plenty of, of his chicken that he likes and the microwave going and, and semblance of, of normalcy for him. How could he survive? How could I take care of him? Yeah, there, you're already on something that we don't think of. And I, and I have a cousin who is autistic and, and one of the things they'll get stuck on is certain foods. And if you don't have it, they, the, the, 
they won't eat. And, and that's, so you're already on something that I bet gets looked over by a lot of folks. Um, why do you think that people that are in your situation, maybe you should set a goal of moving to a house where farmland meets suburbs, that kind of edge area is what I have in my notes that you, that you, you kind of prefer. Yeah, because the, the prepping, when you have a special needs child, you're not going to be able to bug out. You're, and you're going to, the most best thing to do is to get, is to get to the point where you can live in the suburbs, but you'll be close enough to the city where the, the FEMA's giving out gasoline in an extreme situation. You can get to the airport. You're not isolated, but yet you're not on top of the masses because without gasoline, bad guys are not coming to your house. Without and the good guys, they don't have gasoline or diesel fuel for the ambulance, the police cars, the fire trucks. No one's coming to help. So if you're if you're away from the the city, then you'll be able to network with those neighbors. You won't have lots and lots of people because no one's going to be traveling. So that's a good place to ride out the storm. So you know, I also have to look at like how does your life work if nothing goes wrong or if only small amounts of things go wrong. And I would imagine that you have needs of certain resources that maybe somebody not in your situation wouldn't. And so by being in that kind of urban rural fringe is what I call it, you have access to the things that you need on an ongoing basis right now, even when there's nothing going wrong, but yet you're not stuck in the middle of things because I, you know, right now, the way things are going, I'm a hell of a lot less worried about an EMP than riots uh-huh. from whatever the next thing is, whatever the latest thing is that they upset people with. And I can't imagine deal with being stuck in an urban situation while riots are going on and then adding to that being in the situation that you find yourself in. That's right, that, uh, that we have that we're, we have, a, you establish a safe place to, to take care of your child where you can, you can, you can go to the places that know him. He tries to run out the store, then they all know him where we go to the grocery store. And then you, and then you're, then you can have a stable situation. You can, like if there's a, an attack on the internet banking grid, then, then you'll have electricity, you'll have natural gas, you can put up a, a windmill, you can dig a well. You can't do that in, in the city. So it does have a semblance of, of normalcy that you can, my child wouldn't, the only thing he, would, he wouldn't understand, okay, why can't we go to the store? Why can't we go mm. for a ride? Well, we go for a ride in the country. Every 45 minutes he drags me, he brings me socks and wants to go for a ride, and I have to go with him or he'd break my wrist. Okay. So, that's a therapy thing that I that I need that I can work on, but since we're in the country, we can go for a ride. If we were near the riots, or it wasn't safe to go for a ride for carjackings or stuff like that, we have plenty of gasoline at home, so I don't have to go to the gas station to fill up. And if things got bad, so there are there are events that can occur. That we talk about being off grid, but there are events that can occur that. Well, you're off grid whether you want to be or not. Um, right. We had about a week uh, last year where we were off grid whether we wanted to be or not because we had uh, ext- an extreme weather event and the Texas grid failed. Uh, and that's just one example of how you can have something like that happen. 
So you have to be prepared to be off-grid, if not permanently, at least temporarily. And in your situation, are there specific things that are different about your needs or your thoughts if you have to be off-grid? Yeah, because when you have a special needs child, that with my child, he has a low-functioning autism. So he could, as long as the microwave is running and the, then, and the TV for his VCR tapes, then he would be fine. Uh, but somebody else, if they're, if they have a medically fragile child and they, they're on a breathing machine or they need, you need to have enough power to run a, a window air conditioning unit. And, and so, so you have to, you have to have, there, there are, Lots of things that different children have. You can have autism, Down syndrome. You can be blind. You can be deaf. You can be low functioning or high functioning. And you, you have to have their medications. Those their medications have to be refrigerated. Like if uh, you can you can do a lot of things with the freezer and the refrigerator, but when your power is limited, you may just want to put everything in the freezer. Mm. Yeah, and I, you know, it makes you think that like everybody at some point in their life, if they have kids, probably has a situation similar to this. I remember uh, there used to be a, a couple did a show on self sufficiency and all. Uh, the, the guy's name was Johnny Max. That wasn't his real name, so he called himself. And they called, his wife called himself the Queen, and they were talking about how they live south of Houston, and during one of the hurricanes, uh, their kids were with them, and they had a new infant baby, and there's no special needs per se there, but you've got a child that's like a couple weeks old, powers out, you got the humidity of Houston, and once those storms leave, generally the next thing that comes is suffering heat, and they had like 104 degree heat with like 88% humidity uh, with everything down, and had they not had a generator and at least, like you were saying, a one you know, able to air condition one room, you know, that child was in severe physical jeopardy. So I, I encourage some of our, our folks that are listening to this that maybe are not in your exact situation to realize there's all types of things that create unique situations, and it's good to be aware of it in advance. Um, guys always think I'm going to take care of everything, and, you know, I popped a Achilles tendon last year. For a few months, I was pretty useless. Right? So yeah. it, it, it it's something we you got to – I think this will help a lot of people look at things a little bit differently. Now, you already mentioned some of the special needs with food, but like stockpiles of food, therapy stuff, you know, uh, medications and alternative medications. Like sometimes you always can't, you can't always get what you need. What, yeah. what have you done in that realm? Well, what I've done is his medicine is mostly for aggression and okay. seizures. So what I do is I've got CBD oil and CBG oil. And I've got his medication uh, that we have to give him when we take him to the dentist and to the haircut. And and his anti-looping medicine when he's running around pouring things out. So all that stuff I can handle. The only thing I should research is his seizure medicine. He hadn't had a seizure in, in 15 years. So I could I could cut those pills in half. And so we've got we save everything. We've got things stockpiled. Uh, all kind of medicines, and uh, so, and if you, if you have a, for him, that's what we do. Other other parents have to have, have medications and, uh, and ther and therapy things, and supplies for different people. Like if if uh, the deaf 
have a certain iPhone or something, you have to have that charged up if they're electronics. My child's not interested in electronics, but other children are. To go back to the air conditioner, you ought to have an air conditioner there that works or new in the box. You test it and make sure you have extension cords and a generator that can run it. Yeah, I think one of the things that we made sure we did is we have like all our extension cords wrapped up and literally numbered so that we know where they go, what generator they go with, where they get routed and things like that. Because, and it's probably doubly the case if you're dealing with a situation like you are when you're under stress, it's different. So right. can you, can you, people say, well, I have a skill set because I, because I can do the thing. Can you do the thing at three o'clock in the morning in the rain with a screwdriver in your mouth? Right. Or a flashlight in your mouth or something like that. Like if you can do it then, then, then you actually have that skill set. And what we need to do is give ourselves kind of cheat codes along the way because you may not remember what the generator startup sequence is. So like, that's right. Right. Or maybe you're not there. So somebody else has to do it. So I've like laminated that and that's attached to our generator. And, and people think, well, I've, d- I've done it a hundred times, but have you done it in a situation? And I would imagine if you have a situation where you need to get something done, and your child's having an episode or, or wants something you can't do that second, like that only can make that worse. That's right. And that's why you it's stress training that you can do. You can turn the electricity off in the middle of January and see if you can and test all your preps, test all your systems, look for your holes, and then you'll have that stuff and then you can prepare your child my child wouldn't notice much difference, but the, mm. the higher functioning children, on some, on, they're oblivious. I mean, it, it's a good and bad. The higher functioning can maybe more pliable to what we're going to do, but they're no, they're more understanding of this is not normal and can be flipping out. Yeah, yeah, that's, and there, my, my cousin that I mentioned, I, there's things they pick up on that we don't. It's almost like an extra sensory type of thing. I remember when I was a kid one day, we had, and we, we lived in New Jersey at the time and went to a place called Kingsford and no one ever said nothing about it. And he, all of a sudden he just pops off with, what were you guys doing in Kingsford today? Now, what he picked up on to know that, I don't know. I don't think it was some kind of clairvoyance or something. Somebody said something at some point that was very background and, and that was in there where a person we would call a normal function person would have even picked up on it, some cue. And so you can see that maybe that person in a, a dangerous situation may perceive that danger differently and may perceive it as worse than it is. Right. And, and I guess every parent that's in your situation deals with that. And it, it's, it's, it's not, there's no answer. There's an answer for each child in each situation. And I guess you have to develop that as a parent in your situation over time. That's right. That's right, and uh, and that's why I want people to to get out. New parents, special needs children, to get out of the the. I've got to do it alone. I've got to be. I've got to handle all this stuff on my own. The lone wolf, and uh, and to quickly network with their friends, and they're, they're you're interviewing your friends, your neighbors, for your to be in your MAGA group instead of talking about them about prepping then see, okay, can my neighbor next door help when I'm in this stressful situation? And because these children, and it gets back to in a, 
in an extreme situation with uh, FEMA camps, after th two or three months, they they will have systems set up. But you don't want to go there in the beginning. And even on a slow decline, network with with uh, other homesteaders and other and other people, so they can help you with they can help you in these situations. Networking is really really important to everybody. What is your approach to that? Because you you have a different situation. Somebody that has other young children may not be comfortable. You, you said, and this is your words. You said, if you don't take him for a ride, he'll break my wrist, right? Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, I've seen kind of like this, almost like an extreme strength that some of these kids have. So your networking might have to be a little bit different. How do you find people that can be helpful to you in these situations and understand your situation equally? Yeah, I just, I just when I meet a new family, I try to network with with uh, with older with people in their fifties that that uh, don't have young children, okay. the young children, and uh, and then I'm I'm looking. Okay, what's their personality like? What are they under in stress? Do they like kids? Do they don't like kids? You can pick up pretty quickly, but those people are are the ones I'm going to try to help. And it's different people that have different skills. Like if when I network with people and I try to help them, then I'll know. Okay, who can come over? And helping an emergency situation. Who's the drill sergeant? Who's a hand holder? Who would be best in in uh in different in different things? Who would be best in dealing with me when he's having an episode? I need somebody very strong mm -hmm. to not get hurt, or or a, or a lady that has a strong personality and a strong voice. It won't hurt him. It won't hurt them. Or I would also imagine what you need is somebody with a skill set to take care of a problem so that you can address right. the, the child, or in this case, the, the, the adult with special needs. Um, because if you need something done and that person's got their place seen to and, and something needs to happen right now, maybe you can handle him, but you can't handle him and do the thing. And That's so right. the, the skill set level of maybe I don't even need you to interact directly with my son, daughter, depending on the situation, but I need someone that can get the generator going or, you know, while this is going on, when I have the free time, I'll come help you. But if someone could feed my animals today, if you're homesteading or something like that, right? Like having that, and I, I found that's been like one of the most beneficial things with our, our neighbors has been just the ability to take care of a thing when we can't. And if it's because your child's having an episode or it's because, you got in a wreck and you can't get home. You're in the same situation in a way. You need a thing done. It must be done, and you can't see to it. That's right. And when you network with people, you're networking with people that can work with your child, and you're networking with different people that can that can do stuff at the at the compound. Or like my, I keep going back to worst case scenarios. If you have a, if you set up a compound and a trading post, then you're gonna you're gonna have people that can cook. That, that can that can do guard duty that can help with a lot of different things and there are people that that can go out and do something that wouldn't be good to help with your child while you help with your child then you might have somebody who has an experience with special needs children or with adults or with uh, with senior citizens and so it depends on on who you who you who shows up at your compound who you've networked with and how that's all going to work out so what is your advice to a couple that 
ends up in your situation, you, you know, you joyously have this child born and either when they're born immediately, there's a problem evident or in your case, I think you said it was around 18 months that it really became evident. It's, it is an earth shattering thing. A lot of marriages honestly don't survive it. Uh, or they do and they survive it badly, which I think yeah. in some ways can even be worse. What is your advice for how you work through that as a young couple that went from this idea that we were going to have, you know, Johnny go to school and Johnny graduate and Johnny get a job. And now you have uh, not necessarily a, a bad life, but a totally different life than the one that you had planned. Yeah, you have it, it. There's a grieving period when you have a special needs child, and so what what you do with that is there's there you could you could Google trip to Holland, and that's a like people think well we're going to Paris. Well, we don't end up going to Paris. We're going to Holland, mm-hmm. and so what you what you have to do is that there's lots of help out there. Get help soon. Uh, don't be in denial because the the synapses of the brain of a special needs child are are really formed rather quickly. Like mine will never talk because at 12 months, those synapses are formed. And if you don't talk, they go on to do other things. A first mm. step a government program. Get involved with first steps up to age three. So there's so much stuff you got to do before age three or you'll mm. lose the chance for progression later on. So, so get help. Talk to people. Don't bury your head in the sand. Get some marriage counseling. Learn how to, to fight fair how to back each other up, how to resolve conflicts, because it's all about um, having a healthy marriage. And then if you have other children, it's it's good to have other children because you don't, like, we, we don't have any other kids. So I worry about what's going to happen when my wife and I pass away. Mm. My children will be at mercy of whatever home he's in. So if you have other children, then then talk to them about the struggles. Like, why does my child, this child all of a sudden can get more attention. So just take time. There's, there's lots of help out there. Do all the therapies you can just dive into it and understand that this is going to be different and reach out to other parents. And if you find one parent that's crazy, that says nutty stuff then go to the next parent, they might not be a good fit. They may be telling you something you're not ready to hear. Yeah. Yeah, and somewhat you, well, you made me think of when you started that there about a grieving process, and I never really considered this before because I never had to go through it. In a way, it's like dealing with a death because a parent, as a child is getting ready to be born, has this life plan for this child, and that child is never going to live your life plan. That's something you learn as a father and as a mother as you grow. But but there's there's something along the lines of what you had planned. Like you said, you were going to Paris and now you're going to Holland and that vision is gone. Whatever, like, even though it's probably not going to be what you thought, you thought your kid was going to go to Harvard and he goes become a welder, but it's still something, right? That's kind of in the league of what you had. And it's still possible that what you thought was going to happen. And then you have this moment where that thing is not going to occur. And you, you have to give that up, and, and that does have to be a grieving process that, again, I think folks that have never had to deal with it don't really contemplate. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it's uh, it's your, your life has totally changed. Your child will be with you forever. So it's, it's a matter of like, well, I'm going to retire, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on the houseboat. I love the idea of retiring to a houseboat and have rental property. 
but I won't be able to do that because I don't know if he if he can swim, if that's a good idea or a bad idea. Yeah. My whole life is going to revolve around him. I will. A lot of parents pick up and move to a different city that has resources. So your job and your life and extended family and your hobbies and your activities, that all goes out the window. You, you pick up and move to whatever climate and conditions are best. What do you, you know, you've mentioned get help and, and what type of help is available and unavailable. And I guess it also depends on the level of the disability. My, my cousin pretty much lives outside of his home now. He ha- he has, he needs a lot of support, but he kind of lives in like a, a group home and they've done a lot of therapy with him and he can somewhat function. And I guess if that's the case, it's different. And as you age, do you have to like start looking for something like that? Because like you said, when, when you pass or when you're simply not a, not capable anymore, he's, he's kind of left in the world. So how do you find that type of resource or is it, you know, I, I, you know, maybe the answer is you don't, I, I don't know. You know, what you, the first thing you should do is when you get over the shock of it, you start planning and you get a special needs trust. Okay. And, and, and that takes care of the money. The money's easy. You get a giant life insurance policy, name your child the beneficiary, and you make up a list of all the little things that you know that your child can do. They're doctors, but all their little quirks and get all that information written down, and, and one, one mom keeps it in, in her glove box. So you have this planning, and then if, if somebody, like some your rich uncle dies and gives you $100,000, well, you have to put that in a trust because you can get on the waiting list to get Medicaid, but if you make a lot of money or if you're middle income, you got you, it takes a while. But eventually, you plan on, okay, eventually I will get some government help, but you have to be able to, to manage that. So you have a special needs trust and you look around at different people that can, that can, uh, take care of your child. You look at, you look at your nephews. You look like right now you look at your brothers and sisters and your uncles and your grandparents and somebody's good at handling the money. Somebody's good at handholding. Somebody's good as a drill sergeant. Well, those people pass away and the young kids that are running around now, they grow up and then they, They'll step, people step up and people step back to, to handle, to handle that. So, so that makes you feel better. You, that, okay, you've got your special needs trust. You've got your, you've got your list. You got that ready. Then you can dive into your therapies. Now, like with autism, there's ABA applied behavioral analysis. That's really good. And you can have occupational therapy, speech therapy. There's all, there's all kind of stuff out there. There's, if you're blind and you're deaf, there's technologies that get better. Like he has a talk. Now, we started off with PECS, which is called Picture Exchange Communication. Now, he has an app on his phone. And you, you don't get caught on one app. They stopped making that app, and I found a picture of the logos of all his restaurants. So he just scans that, sees KFC and presses that instead of Arby's. When he's tapping, he's pressing KFC, and I can see that. So they're just look look for therapies, and once you get into this, you will follow people. Like I've had therapists that, that were really great, and they got a promotion. We just follow yeah. them. They have non-compete clauses. You just pay them cash. And because you find somebody, and what you'll find is you'll have an agency that's really good, that's convenient, that takes your insurance, that takes payment plans. 
but the therapists are not very good. Mm. Sometimes your therapist is very good, and you follow them, but who supports them is not very good. And so you have to you have to dive into that and be ready. I have in my notes here from you that preppers uh, go through five stages of prepper denial. Yeah. And what are those, and, and how does it apply maybe a little bit differently in your situation where you have another human being that right. you have to really care for? Like, this is not like I have somebody that needs a little bit of help. This is somebody like I have to dedicate my life to make sure this person's okay on a daily basis. That's right. So when you, so that applies to prepping and to, and to having a special needs child that you didn't plan on. So the first one is laughter that this could never happen. Like with prepping, you think, well, the power grid's always on. We don't worry about that. And the pandemic has, has, uh, has changed things a lot. And then when you, you think your child's going to be normal, you're not thinking of young, young kids, young, they're not thinking about these problems. So, uh, then the second one is feet frozen in fear that, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So with a special needs child, all of a sudden you say, well, I, he'll get better. There there are dads, a lot of dads were in denial. And like I was halfway in denial. And so you have to not bury your head in the sand. You have to you can't. Well, maybe they'll come up with something. Maybe you'll grow out of it. No, you're in denial. So then you have then your feet get unfrozen. And then you're attacking the messenger. Now, that's in prepping. When somebody says something, a lot of dads say, well, we'll just come to your house. We're not in, we're uh, let's, yeah. it's somebody else's fault. And so they want to blame somebody else, and they're angry at the messenger. And then they get into saying, well, what's the government going to do? What's the government going to do to make sure this doesn't happen? So then they start to panic. They're no longer blaming somebody else. They're saying, well, somebody else must solve this. So the final stage of prepper denial is privately prepping for a year. Don't tell anybody and just work that stuff. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. Acceptance, which is the end of the five stages. Well, I asked one is acceptance and working and accept that your child is never going to be the same. And you'll latch on. When you get into therapy, you'll latch on to certain people in the beginning. And you'll, you'll just think, well, they, they've got all the answers. They're going to get my child to speak and, and as you as the years go by, people step up, people step back. You'll have heard of all the things, and you'll just you'll just go on with it. It's acceptance that your child will you will always have your child, and you just go forward. And once you get your sea legs on prepping, then you can get to the point where where you can talk about it, or just like everybody you're next to is contagious. Three wise people in a live stream said that recently that whoever you're next to, you're contagious to. So instead of talking about uh, prepping to your neighbor, they'll pick they'll pick up on it and just go forward. So the prepping community is big in the homesteading space, and, and I have to feel that maybe that doesn't make as much sense in your situation. I think right. about all of the distraction, that, the, and I love it, but it is a distraction that all this stuff causes. And yeah. I also think about animals and a, a child that has special needs maybe not being like sometimes those kids animals are a perfect thing and sometimes it's a bad idea like what is your approach toward homesteading at all as far as not just yourself but what would you advise people on it 
because I have a feeling maybe it doesn't fit as well here. It, it doesn't. And when with therapy with your child, some child that, you know, a, a service dog or therapy dog is really good for animals and cats and chickens. And, but for our child, he, he won't even look at the animals in the zoo. And, right. and so he's not interested in any of that. And what I want people to do, it goes back to staying out of the, 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 I don't want new parents of special needs children to get into homesteading. I want them to network with other homesteaders because that, 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 that they don't, they don't have time for that. They need the number one thing parents have to do is do their therapy with their child and do, do all that stuff and, and then, and have a hobby, grow, Want, grow tomatoes, grow comfrey, grow one thing. Every, I want these parents to have a special needs hobby. Every special needs parent that has a hobby has a distraction. Because yeah. It's so devastating. It's, it's your whole life and you worry about it, but you need a distraction. So make it a prepping thing. Make it, okay, I'm going to slowly run 12 volt wires in my house and, and run a, a, a line, a line from my wood stove to to the wood stove in the furnace like I've done. So I don't have to run an extension cord. I can run, I can build a battery bank. I built a battery bank. I've got switches that run different lights. And that's something that I tinker with mm. in between running rides. I have only a hundred watts of solar. It's barely tricking in. But when, when the power was out, the lady who was watching my son, I got the generator out, plugged in three extension cords. He was fine. Yep. Didn't blink an eye. Because I had 12 volt lights in the ceiling and downstairs, so with homesteading, you know, don't do the chickens and the, and the giant garden. You know, don't yeah. don't do what what you're doing on your homestead, Jack. That, but network with somebody that does do that. Like, if you should grow some, have a little garden as a hobby, and then if your child wants to get out there and help, they can. If not, it'll be something for you, and then you take that skill. Like if you're going to network with somebody that has a farm, then you can go out and you'll know a little bit about it. You'll have some gardening skills. Yeah, I, 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 you know, maybe a couple of four by eight gardens and that's it. And you got automated irrigation. And if it takes right. you two seasons to get it installed, so what? And yeah. I do think for anybody, regardless of what the stress situation is, having a disconnected distraction is a good idea. Something that you can lose yourself in when you have the opportunity. Yeah. Because otherwise you get inside your own head and then you end up in many ways impaired, stressed, not healthy, uh, mentally and physically both. Right. Yeah. And I think that gardening is, is, is the better prepper hobby because everybody gardens. It's a, if your hobby is, is cleaning guns, or is herbal medicine in a, in a grid down situation, then you're always thinking about grid down situation. If you just grow stuff and if you say, well, I'm going to network and I'm going to save money, I'm going to do the Dave Ramsey thing. Then, then you're, then you're thinking, then you're not thinking doomsday stuff. You, you sleep well. You worry about stuff, but you sleep well because you've got a, a gardening hobby. Yeah. Yeah. And you can automate gardening to the point where it's right. not a lot of work. You can yeah. you can automate gardening to where if I don't have the next two weeks, I can't look at it. The worst thing's going to happen is some of the tomatoes are going to split and rot on them. A big deal, right? Big throw in the compost pit and go on with my life. Where yeah. when you have animals, animals require daily attention. 
Yeah. And they quite require daily care. And then you already have a human who requires daily attention, daily care. And I know some people like, you know, people with disabilities can do anything. No, that's not, that's not the case. It, right. Sometimes it's, it, it's amazing what some of them can do, but some of them can't. And when I think of animals, I think unless there's every parent knows their child better than anybody else does. And you figure this out for yourself. But when I look at in your situation, you either have animals that the child could harm or you have animals that can harm the child. Right. right. Like even dogs, like there are ways that you, you treat a dog and ways you breed a dog and what, what have you. And if you have a child that can't figure that out, the dog doesn't understand the problem and the dog is going to do what a dog does. And even a little dog can be dangerous right. or a large child, a large adult child, I guess can be dangerous to the dog. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stay away from the animals. So talk a little bit more about trying to enjoy life by having some sort of prepping or non-prepping hobby, something that, that pulls you out of that, that space in your head like that. Yeah, I think that, I think that's great. I think that working, yes, uh, the gardening and, uh, just tinkering with solar panels and, and stuff. That's still, that's still prepping. Find, find something, find something to do and, and you can, you can, Network with with other with other families and maybe have a hobby that doesn't deal with with uh, with special needs children. Some type of escapism, something, yeah. and and have something that you and your spouse do. That's to get yeah. spouse to have a healthy marriage, have a healthy ha- have a healthy hobby that you and your wife both enjoy. You and your partner, you and your spouse have have something. That, that, that feeds both your souls. That has a distraction. Something you can talk about when you have a go bowling. Do go something. bowling every yeah. day. We're talking about our child and and what's he doing and what's the latest thing and what's the latest problem and and but have something you can work on together. So you you have in the notes I have for for you though that people in your situation do need to do things like get training and how to cook. On how to yeah. do medical procedures on firearms, additionally, yeah. and when we're on that, not only why do you think the training is important, but so I have had the talk with the grandchildren about firearms, and I'm very comfortable with the fact that there's firearms in my home and children in my home at the same time. Um, I don't know if I would be as comfortable if I had a child who had special needs the way that your son does. So how do those things rectify with each other, and why are those things still important for someone in your situation? Yeah, I think that, that being able to defend your house, uh, yeah, if you, you have to keep your guns locked up if you have a special needs child that's, that, that's mobile. And even the even if you think they're higher functioning, they're, they're still they still could be more dangerous. They could be right? they could be more dangerous. So yeah, and also for having have, have guns and and get training on them, and then that get, and even if nothing ever happens, you have confidence in yourself. You have confidence to network with people. To you can you can have it. Just gives you more. It takes it takes something off your plate. The fear of what other people are going to do. It's a long. It takes a year for new preppers to get out of that fear because you watch the local news, it bleeds, it leads. All this bad stuff that they promote to scare, to scare the, the people in the suburbs. And so if you, if you have a gun and you, and you go to the range 
and you've thought about all these scenarios, you know what your laws are, and if 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 you have if you have to shoot somebody, and then because what I think in a grid down situation, that you're not going to be shooting bad guys. It'll be somebody that comes running up to your house. It's off their medication. It's schizophrenic, and you may have you can fire a shot over their head, but if they're in a in a phase in a state, you may have to shoot them. So just go through all those scenarios. Be ready. Be ready to do that. And and I say in, the, in a grid down situation that that I would I would have all the ladies do uh, guard duty because women have a fear that the men are going to come and kill. The men are going to be killed and they're going to come after the women and the children. The so women will shoot to kill. <laughs> so I think it's role reversal. Guys should be in the house cleaning diapers, cooking organizing stuff they should reorganize the wife's kitchen and to organize it with flow and all these guys these guys you know they can teach school they can teach hostile takeovers and lawyers and graphs and charts but let the ladies do the guard duty that'd be better so you know you mentioned several times um that you have kind of like a compound type situation you've also yep. used the word fema camp Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be in a FEMA camp. In the best case scenario, what we've seen happen, we've seen like during Hurricane Harvey, some of these FEMA camps, people brought food to them and the, and the people were hungry and the people in the, running the FEMA camps wouldn't let them give the food out. They said, we handle that, but they didn't have any food. I don't want to end up sleeping on a cot next to somebody in a high school gymnasium. And, but there, those systems of support do in fact help people. We're not talking about random people up putting them in a FEMA camp, it's a prison camp. We're talking about when something goes wrong, legitimately those go out people go out and fail miserably but do their best to try to help in a bad situation. So you've also used the term compound. So do you think and, and not just people in your situation, people in general in, in these kind of urban rural fringes should try to set up kind of their own private system so that if that's necessary, the mutual aid can be given. Because what I think about when I think about your situation, I think about some of these videos that I've seen during this whole pandemic BS and some of these children that are like your son being absolutely terrorized over something like wearing a mask and seeing two or three goons holding down one of these kids and like wondering what kind of sickness is in your brain that I don't care who told you to do this, that you're willing to. I wouldn't care if the pre, if I was still in the military and the president of the United States gave me an order to do this. I wouldn't do this, but these people will do this. And so I can only imagine being in a FEMA type shelter arrangement being run by government morons during something like this and saying, well, everybody has to wear a mask at all times and having a child who you, you cannot do this to this child who's actually now a 20-something-year-old adult who, in your own words, will break your wrist if you put them in the wrong situation, right? So don't you think that people in general, but certainly with that situation, need to be mindful of this and maybe try to create their own version of, let's say, a FEMA camp, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I I believe I call them, my idea is call them a mini-FEMA camp. It's not run by FEMA. It's that is that if there's a church, your closest church or school, uh, that has a gymnasium that has a, that has a walk-in freezer full of food, a lot of these high schools and grade schools. So all that food's going to go to waste. So every principal, 
of those schools should get into prepping and think about, okay, well, what, how can we save this food? And, be, and have a, every school, every private and public school should have a plan, okay, if an EMP plan, even though I don't think that's going to happen, but the terrorists can knock out the power East Coast power grid with two teams of, of eight could do it and be down for three years. So a school should say, how are we going to get, how are we going to keep the children warm and fed? They need a medium sized generator and a brand new long deep freezer to take the food. Okay. Let's, 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 let's keep the furnace on. Let's feed the kids. Let's make coffee. Let's take care of all the children until the parents come get them. And then, okay, can this school be a mini FEMA camp? Because a lot of people in a, in a severe situation, you want, you don't want everybody at your house. So, and if you don't want everybody at your, if you're not wired up that, cause I think, okay, I got to bring people into my house. I'm wired up to do that. Other people are not. So make a plan to break into that school and take, take somebody with the clipboard and say, here, write you, everything we break, you write down and we're going to make a list of it and we'll put it back fine, but take over a church, take over a school. And then all these people that are running around in a panic, then find some, find some, find some drill sergeant guys, some hand holding ladies, give them all kind of activities, get the gasoline out of that car, find a way to get that gasoline out of the car to put in this generator. And then, and then you can have, have people that someone knows how to cook. Someone knows how to fix things. Someone knows how to, to, to take care of the children. So gather these people in a place and then you can write a minute. You can write help on the parking lot. And then it depends on if it's winter or summer, that'll work in the summer. In the winter time, a lot of people are just going to freeze. So your plan, if you have a special needs child is to stay home, Stay away from that terrible FEMA camp for at least six months. Set a goal to have six months supplies of food, water, medical supplies, fuel, and equipment so you can stay at home as long as, as possible. Get through a winter because I never thought about the, having to wear masks at FEMA camps. That, that's terrible. So I, don't, I, I don't want to. You just stay in your house as long as you medically can because I was hoping that after a year, after six months, a lot of these camps in the bigger cities would be set up and then to the smaller cities and you could go there for a winter. Maybe you could go, uh, and you could, uh, you could get dental care. You could, you could get therapy, eyeglasses fit, go to the doctor, all the stuff that they should set up in a giant FEMA camp. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, it, it, it's scary. It's scary. It's not going to be utopia. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you have a special needs child, the problem is you're, you're, you're stuck. You're, you're, you, you get like, we're in our fifties. I mean, if one of us gets hurt, we can't stay there. We're at the mercy of, of the, of the government and then the FEMA camp in an emergency situation. If you've got uh, a higher functioning child and you, and you and your spouse are healthy, then you, you might be able to make the FEMA camp work. But when you have a lower functioning, it's just lots of extra stress. With, with autism, though, even higher functioning individuals have certain things they can't accept. I've seen right. people that they function almost at a level of an average person. You can tell, but they're but they're still functional. They can hold a job, but yeah. maybe they can't have something touch their face. That's right. I mean anything. I mean like that. Like somebody doing that to them. 
will set them off, right? And you can't change that. And what you, you know, what's harder to change than that is the mind of a person that works for government. They can't comprehend. They won't do what you said just because you have a title. Right. And, 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 and so to me, staying out of any sort of control environment where you lose control because you know what needs to be done. So even in like the, these private type setups using a school, a church, whatever, at least a community can go, we're not going to do that to this person because it's more, no matter why we think it's important, it's more trouble than it's worth to everybody involved. That's Where the right. person that works for the government that came down there with their clipboard and was told what to do is just going to do what they're told with no ability to think because they're literally automatons and program. They're, they're the literal NPCs of the world. And, it's again, it's something I've never thought about from a standpoint of a special needs parent because I haven't had to deal with it. But I've had people close enough to me that I know, I know what happens. That there are certain triggers that you, I, I don't care how long you put somebody in therapy or how much work you do, that person may in fact have that for the rest of their life. And there's, it's not like you're dealing with a, 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 a normal functioning person that just has an idiosyncrasy where you can say, get over your shit, dude. It's not that. You've got somebody that physically, mentally cannot deal with the situation you're forcing them to try to deal with. And yeah, that's a, that's actually horrifying. I, I could see someone in your situation if you ended up in some place like that, just somebody trying to force a mask on, on, on a special needs person that's, it's not happening. No, it's not, because what they have is, with autism, their senses are all on all the time. They can't yes. filter out the buzz of, of fluorescent lights, the sounds of, of, of cars, of people, all the noise. I mean, you take a child, because that's why a lot of them, a lot of the higher functionings love the pandemic, love to work from home. They, they don't like people. They can't look, a, people, yeah. a person's face has too much going on. So you take them and put them into the FEMA camp. That, that would be terrible. I want people to take time to have the, get everything ready at your house, to stay in your house, to help support a compound. Because a lot of people, because all the rich people, as soon as they can, the government truck comes by to take them to the airport, they'll fly to California, to Texas, to Canada, to Europe. So the only people, and they will take their special needs child. Once, if they stay, if you're a rich person, stay at your house two or three months. But as soon as you can get out to go to a Western country, then that's your plan. If you're lower income, then you need to you need to get that mini FEMA camp going and support them and say, look, we, the, we're going to stay here. We don't want to go to FEMA camp. Just drop us off some supplies. And hopefully the government will do that. Hopefully other because support's going to come in from all around the world in a, a SHTF situation. Hopefully they'll support hopefully. these camps. Hopefully, yeah. but if not, then you'll have to do with less because everybody's stomach's going to shrink when you when you eat less food, and you're not and you're going to realize, well, I don't need three meals a day plus snacks. I don't need I don't need the internet, and you're and you'll adapt, and you don't have to go to the FEMA camp, which is trying to provide normalcy, but that's government control, government idea of normalcy. Normal thing is all those kids going in the backyard playing in a creek. That's, that's normal. That's, that's normal. That's and normal. So let, let's not have free Wi-Fi. Let's have. Let's do something else. Let's have, look play, and, and I, I understand this in a different way 
than I think a lot of people. Um, I can't understand it as a, a parent. Anybody that says they did without dealing with it can't possibly. I understand it slightly from the perspective of, of the special needs child. Back when I was a kid, you would have called it Asperger's, and, and I'm an Aspie, and it's a, basically it's on the autism spectrum, and we're very, very high-functioning, uh-huh. usually very high IQ, but the sensory overload and people – like me, we do grow out of it, but we also learn to compensate for it. But I remember being four, five, six years old and out at like a mall or something and basically okay. And then all of a sudden, like, I have to get out of here. I ha- putting my hands over my, and my parents just thinking, you know, he, there's, he's just throwing a fit or something and not being able to explain, not because you're, you yourself don't know any of this. And it's like you can hear, all the conversations and you can process this conversation, this conversation, this con like not just background noise. You actually can hear everything everybody's saying uh-huh. and your, your mind's trying to process it all simultaneously. And it's on some levels, it's kind of cool until it's not. And then it hits a point and you have to separate yourself from it. And that's what a very mild Whatever, because I don't even know if it's autism. That's what they say it is. I don't even know that it is. But if it's anything like that, I, I cannot. And then not being able to communicate at all, not having words to try to communicate. It's got to be absolutely maddening for people like your son. And, and, and they need to be as insulated from it as you can make it. And, and I, I, that's why I'm really glad that you reached out uh-huh. to come on today, Robert. I think this has been a great discussion. Um, you actually do have a website. I don't, I don't know exactly if it's really geared toward special needs, but it's definitely geared toward prepping. You want to right. tell people about that? Yeah, it's prepper-presentations.com. And it's, uh, and I do have a big section on special needs right in the middle. Okay. I'm going to be setting up a couple of other sites to kind of take some of that, the life coaching and the special needs off there and put that on a different site. But for now, it's it's PrepperPresentations.com. And what I did there, my, my goal with that, with prepping, is to create a site that everybody can go to and new preppers, and they can get prepping information however they want. If they want to foot up the butt, then they, can, they, they could visit your channel. If they want somebody to hold their hand, they could go to Lisa Bedford. If they want medical, if, if they want, I've got, if they want books, podcasts, websites, um, YouTube uh, videos. How do you want your prepper information? Do you want to listen to it? Do you want to read it? Do you want to watch it? So just go to my site and grab something. If somebody goes to my site one time, they scroll through the survival mom or the food storage mom and they go to her site, never come back to my site again. My work is done. Because so it's I, more of an aggregation service. It's an aggravation. It's a resource website. I named it Prepper presentations, I'd make a presentation to anybody on any subject. And that my deal is I want to take the arrows. I want to take the, I want to be able to say, you want to, you want to talk about guns and, and prepper conspiracy theories and doomsday preppers. I can handle all that. And then that'll get you out of the third stage of prepper denial, which is criticizing the messenger. So that's my goal <laughs> is to get people into prepping. By taking the arrows. So once you're done with the arrows, you pull all those arrows out. Well, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. Well, damn, maybe I've got to get into prepping. Maybe this guy's on to something. But yeah. you have to get through, you have to get through all four stages of prepper denial. 
and that's my goal. Well, I'll have a link to that site, and I just had it up on the screen. I'll pop it up there again, but I'll have a link to that site in the audio show notes. Uh, that will go out about one hour from about right now. Once the, we complete these live interviews, I have to download the audio and put bumper on them and get them published and get them out and about. But there will be a link right in the video notes below here if you're watching the video version of this. And if you click it right now, it won't work because we're not done yet. But within about an hour of right now, it will work. And you can get over to Robert's site and get all the information that goes along with today's show. And with that, Robert, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I, I told you that would be an interesting and in-depth discussion, and it has me thinking a little bit differently. I think our guest was a little more into the long-term, year-plus-long, total grid-down, lights-out scenario than I, I don't believe it's very likely myself. Um, I think that we can all end up in bad situations for extended periods, though, and we need to be prepared for it. And I think going into that world helps us to think more about how to be better prepared for whatever goes on. And I think examining it through the lens of someone with a special needs child does even more so. And one of the things I think we all need to remain in touch with is we can all become some version of special needs very, very quickly. An injury, an automotive accident, something like that. And having, I, I, this is why I'm big on kind of wargaming things in your head. When you train your mind to think what if, and you don't do it from a paralyzing standpoint, you do it from, okay, then this is what we would do. When you're faced with a scenario that's the same or similar, then you've already been there in your head and you have a place to go mentally with, well, then what do we do now? Because I've seen grown men that never had a day of mental deficiency in their life get in one wreck and end up functioning like someone that you would call a special needs child mentally after it or a stroke. It's scary, and we don't want to think about it because it's uncomfortable. But we grow through facing that which is uncomfortable. So I hope all of you got something out of this today, even people who have no need of the direct uh, message uh, of dealing with it as a special needs parent. For those of you that are, I hope that it helps you. And for those of you that, you know, there, there are people in this audience that are not married yet or they just got married and they're going to have kids. And some percentage of children will, will be of this type. And having a mindset that there is something that can be done from the beginning is very helpful. Uh, the other thing I would say is, you know, he didn't say vaccines caused this, but he alluded to the fact it probably could have. I don't think that every case of autism is caused by vaccination. I do think there is a link. And I think that in some instances, maybe the child would have been autistic, but maybe it's more severe because of a large number of injections given at the same time, each contributing to different side effects. One of the listed side effects of every vaccination that exists is, is, is encephalitis, which is swelling of the brain. I'm telling you, go read the vaccine insert for any vaccine, and it is a listed side effect. If you have someone that has mentally developmental problems and you add that to it, don't tell me it can't make it worse, or don't tell me if it's severe it can't cause the problem that we call autism or something similar to it. So this is not, don't get any vaccinated. I am not, I get called it all the time. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, 
My, ver my view of any vaccination is if the risk of not being vaccinated exceeds the risk of the vaccination, then I would do the vaccination. And I think that a lot of vaccinations are effective, and I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for that, uh, but I, I do think they are. But I do not think we need to be cramming the volume that we do into kids. So I would suggest when you become a new parent, you you don't do what you're told. You follow the information that you gather, and you do what you believe is right for your child. And anybody that doesn't like that advice can very well go, well, they can go pound sand. Anyway, with that, let's wrap things up. Let me remind you guys that you can help support the show by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. And i got an item for the day for you today that is one of these items that you're like, I don't, I don't have a good explanation for why this is so good. This is a product made by Lowry's, which is owned by McCormick. This is a mass market seasoning. You guys have noticed I don't, in my cooking section on Teaspoon, I don't have a lot of mass market seasoning product because I don't. I usually am not a, a fan. This is Lowry's seasoned pepper. I don't get it. It's just fantastic, and it does an amazing job of, of souping up like herbal rubs to get a beautiful crust, like on like a sous vide piece of prime rib or something like that. It tastes delicious. I learned about it from my nephew, and my son was like, oh, yeah, we have that at home. And it was he was just throwing burgers on the grill, and he was coating both sides of them with this stuff and salt, and that was it. And I was like, that just has better. It tastes better and has a right to. It's made of black pepper, red bell peppers, sugar, and spices, including paprika, which I think is mostly... Those other four things in paprika. And there's a little bit of garlic in there, maybe. I don't know. It's good. It's inexpensive. I really like it. I think if you try it, you'll like it, too. You can find it at tspaz.com under the cooking category, or just go to the survivalpodcast.com and scroll down. It was the item of the day yesterday, but yesterday's show went so long it didn't get on the air. But remember, you can help support us no matter what you buy as long as you start your shopping at tspaz.com. Last but not least, do consider joining the Survival Podcast Members Support Brigade. If you do that, you will help support this show. Right now, it's about $0.12 cents an episode because you can get it for 30 bucks. The discount code to get it is TROLL. That discount code will expire this weekend. You have the rest of this week to do it, and it will go away, and I will not be bringing a sale back for a long... I probably won't bring anything back till around Christmas time. So if you've been wanting to get in the MSB and you've been waiting for a sale, now's the time to do it, and let's make the trolls cry. You know what I would love? I would love somebody that's good at like parody music to make a, a, a parody of... Remember Prince's song, When Doves Cry? This is what it sounds like when trolls cry. It shouldn't be me. I can't sing. When trolls cry, a parody of when doves cry. That would be great. But even if we can't do that, remember you guys can boostergram me with troll in it, and 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 we've been doing great on the trolls with that, and uh, we have done great. I'll let you know what the sale count is sometime tomorrow, uh, so we can see how well we've monetized the trolls this time around. Thank you for tuning in today. Tune in tomorrow for a great episode of the Expert Council Q&A Show. You pull yourself up, they keep bringing you down. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. Dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. 